0: Welcome, you guys, to the gathering, and uh, we're going to break out in worship. I mean, if you came to worship, I mean, came really to worship Him. I mean, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I want us to pray this morning, though. This uh, Aaron and Jesse, their son, Joseph, is in surgery right now. He's only two months old, and he's receiving a pacemaker. And right now he's in surgery, and I've been checking to see how things are going. Let's just pray for that family. I, I can't imagine. Lord, we lift up Aaron and Jesse. We bless this family, Lord. We pray for their son, for Joseph. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask God, Lord, you sent your word and your word healed them. And We pray, Lord, the word of healing over this little boy that he would be healed, restored. Lord, we pray the God that moves the mountains would move on Jesse's and Aaron's behalf. Touch Joseph, Lord. Strengthen this family. Help them, Lord. Draw them to you, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, we have a word before
1: As a number of the church were gathered up here for prayer this morning, I saw a ring of fire around their
0: heads. A ring of fire that just encircled them. And I believe God wants to light a fire this morning in each of our hearts.
2: Yeah. Hey. We are dancing, we are singing, we are calling. for a second The glory, man, and by the glory, the one and only God, you're the one and only God.
0: Ooh. But anyway, Jonathan Kahn, he spoke uh, down in Florida. He's a rabbi, and this just here, the first part, he spoke this message at the Capitol. The day after the Supreme Court handed down the ruling that you now can marry men with men and women with women. So anyway, go ahead and play that. Turn that up real loud. Let's listen
1: to it. a little clip from what happened on Capitol Hill. And I share this to you to simply say, do not be intimidated, be strong, and God will honor it. God will open doors. And I don't, people say, oh, that was courageous. No, it wasn't. I'm just more afraid of him than I am of them so the Lord opened the door this is the day after they heard the speech so this word was going and we need to pray for all the leaders Supreme Court and everyone but this word is I believe the Lord brought me to Washington to speak to the thrones and so this word begins with speaking to the president and then goes so if you can roll that from Capitol Hill Mr. President with all respect that is due what happens if one assumes the presidency by placing his left hand on the Word of God and then with his right hand enacts laws that war against the very same word of God on which he laid his hand. Such an act invokes the judgment of the Almighty. When the leaders of ancient Israel turned away from God, when they abolished His precepts and broke his covenant, they did so in the shadow of Moses, whose voice cried out to them in warning, "Mr. President, when you address the nation from this house, look up, look up above the senators and the representatives above the Supreme Court justices and above the invited guests, and you'll see a face the only full visage in that wall looking back at you it is the face of Moses and if that face could speak it would say this no man can overrule the laws of God no order can annul the order of God and no judgment of man can stand against the judgments of God invoke not his judgment but choose life lead in the way of repentance invoke the grace of God that he might have mercy on this land we've come to a most critical moment as Elijah stood on top of Mount Carmel and cried out to Israel in his hour of decision in between two altars and two gods his voice now cries out to America and says choose you this day whom you will serve 70 years ago the chaplain of the United States Senate cried out with the same voice and said to this nation if the Lord be God then follow him but if Baal then follow him and go to hell tonight America stands at the crossroads and as Elijah came to the summit of Mount Carmel to make a declaration we've come this night To Capitol Hill to declare that our God is not Baal, our God is not Moloch, our God is not government, our God is not money, our God is not power, not pleasure, our God is not political correctness or any other man made thing. We've come to this hill to declare that there is only one God and he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's the God of Israel and of all nations. He alone is the rock upon which this nation has come into existence. And from this high place, we make this declaration. We will not bow down our knees to bail. We will not bow down our knees to political correctness. We will not bow down our knees to a morality that as, is as shifting as sand in the wind. We will not bow down our knees to the laws and precepts of rebellion or the sacred cows of moral apostasy. We will not bow down our knees to the idols of man. We will not bow down to bail. We will bow down our knees only to the Lord our God, come what may, and we will have no other gods before him. For some trust in chariots, some trust in princes, some trust in Supreme Courts, some trust in White Houses, some trust in governments, some trust in Wall Street, some trust in powers and some trust in idols. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God, in the name above all names, above all kings, above all powers, we will trust in the only name given by which we can be saved. We will trust in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the judge of all judges, the light of the world, the glory of Israel, the foundation stone upon which this nation came into existence, and the only answer, the only chance, and the only hope that America has that it might once again shine with the light of the fire of the presence of the glory of the living God and not go to hell. So help us God.
0: Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, I believe, is a prophet to our nation. And God, to give him, you know, in the Capitol Hill the the day after that decision, I think that's just pretty incredible. God is doing an awesome thing. We're going to shout it aloud. Hey, I want you to just pray with me. Say, just let's bow our heads. Say, Dear Lord, I need you. And I ask you to come and strengthen me for this hour. Lord, give me your grace and your power Lord whatever you want to do in my life do it today I yield to you you're the highest and I humble myself before you before the living God have your way change me use me in Jesus name Amen I want to share some things that I feel like the Lord put in my heart we're gonna need for the hour if you want to look with me it's in uh, Acts chapter 13 and then uh, in specific Acts chapter 14 but let me give you the context as you back up in Acts chapter 13 there are four stops along Paul's journey and he saw great fruit and then he saw great resistance how many of you know that's gonna happen you may have some little bit success And then the enemy will come and try to discourage and try to knock you off of the the course that God has you on. Just because something's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Many people run the other way when it gets a little hard. How many of you are like that? Or you tend to be like that. It gets hard, this can't be God. i got to shift gears, i got to do something else. If it's hard, it probably is God. Jesus said... There's two ways. There's the narrow way that leads to destruction, but there's the, or, or the narrow way that leads to life, the broad way that leads to destruction, but the narrow way is difficult. You know what the word difficult means? Narrow or hard. It's hard. And listen, life is hard. How I many of you know that? Anybody still in the school of hard knocks? Man, you're just part of life. you got to live it. Either you'll get beat up, All your life get beat to death or you'll rise up and learn how to beat the devil up and how to rise up and be the man and woman of God that you've been called to be. We have to walk in the authority that he's given us. Behold, remember that scripture? I give you what? Authority to do what? Trample on all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. That's a pretty good promise. So look in verse, uh, let me just show you what we're talking about. Verse 42, so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. And there were many that were persuaded in verse 43. And then in verse 44, But on, uh, or they come together. And then in verse 45, but when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. So there it is. Great move of God and then great resistance. Look over, and that's in uh, Antioch. Then, if you look in Iconium, it says, Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and they spoke, a great multitude believed, and it was pretty awesome. But then in verse 2, But the unbelieving Jews showed up and they stirred the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Can I tell you some of that's still going on today? And they poison our minds against the brethren. But then notice in verse 3, therefore they stayed there a long time. I'd have had a tendency to jump ship and go somewhere else. I tried to do that once in West Virginia when I was living there before I got married. I think I shared that story with you before, but some of you are brand new. But I remember the day as a single pastor. I didn't like West Virginia. I'm from Louisiana. I didn't even like that part of the country. But I was there. And I wanted to go home anybody else ever been there you've been there Bill I wanted to go home so I'm weeping and I bound before the Lord on my couch and I'm glad you didn't see me that day it was horrible pity party and I, I told I said God I quit you ever how many of you ever done that am I the only one anyway I said God I quit and then he whispered in my ear he said did my son get off of his cross what kind of question is that? Of course not. And then he whispered again. He said, are you going to get off of yours? And I said, no, Lord. And it was just right after that that Shirley popped in my life. And Joshua and Emily came out. And, but I'm telling you, you've got to stand firm. He stayed there a long time. God's calling some of you right now. You're going through stuff. Man, stay in it. The key is you're going through it. Remember that. You're going through it. That's a pretty good place to be going. You don't want to stay there forever, but then he makes things brand new, new every morning. Then they go to Lystra, and the same thing, well, basically there, they started boasting, and then and Paul and these guys declaring they were some gods and all. And then in, in Derby, verse 19, uh, this is chapter 14. Now, the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, then they started stoning Paul and dragged him out of the city supposing him to be dead but notice in verse 21 this is what I wanted to wanted you to see and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples they returned to Lystra Iconium and Antioch you think they wouldn't go back there I mean they tried to kill them there stoned them there and all this but he, they went back strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith say continue they continued in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. How many of you, that's your favorite verse? We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Yet it is the way. It's part of the, the purpose of God. Now, we won't read there. I'll just You can read later. But Ezekiel 34, God has a, an issue with his shepherds. Do you know that God has an issue with his shepherds and uh, now in chapter 36 he talks about how they didn't sound the alarm they weren't the watchmen they saw the sword coming and they didn't warn the people he said if you don't warn the people their blood I'm going to hold you're going to be responsible but then in chapter 34 he talks about something much more he said you didn't you didn't strengthen the weak you didn't heal the sick you didn't go after the lost when they were scattered listen God wants his people healed he wants his people strong he wants his people ready for this hour that we have now entered into listen the time is not coming this is not we're not talking about what's going to happen way off from now the time is now this is the time that God chose you to live in all of us and we've shown up and uh, I'm telling you it's going to happen and God wants his people ready and strong Say, I'm going to be strong because my God is my strength. And we're going to see that. Let me just share some things with you. Proverbs 29 or chapter 10 verse 29 says, The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. How many of you think God's going to fulfill that? He's going to. Destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. Now the problem is we live among the workers of iniquity. So, 10,000 may fall at your right hand, but no plague shall come near your dwelling. So, God wants His people strong. Now, look with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians and chapter 12. I'm going to read something in the Amplified, and and then we're going to go back and look at just a few things about strength. And God's going to strengthen us. How many of you need a little bit of that? You know, one way you get stronger is by going to the gym, and you, you stretch your muscles. And uh, God's calling people right now into situations that are demanding that we get a little bit stretched. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. But stretching is good. That's how you build muscle. That's how you get ready for the battle. We're not to be those who are dropouts or those who are defeated. We're the ones who are called to be the overcomers. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Listen to this. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. So as we sometimes say, it may be a little bit louder. But uh, but it's okay. And to keep me from being puffed up. This is what Paul said. And too much elated by the exceeding greatness of these revelations. For example, if all of a sudden you get a word, hey, you're on the cutting edge. You need a little humbling, you know, when you hear stuff like that. Paul needed some humbling. So there was given him a thorn a messenger of Satan, to rack and buffet and harass me to keep me from excessively being exalted. Three times I called upon the Lord and besought him about this, and I begged that it might depart from me. But guess what the Lord said? You remember what he said, right? But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. How many of you know that's true? His grace is enough. We're going to discover that in this hour, His grace is way more than enough, and you and I are going to get to see it. So He said, "My grace is enough for you against danger, and uh, then it'll enable you to to bear the trouble. For my strength and my power are made perfect and uh, in your weakness. Therefore, will I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses." And infirmities, that the strength and the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that means in the Amplified, it says, Yes, that this may pitch a tent over me and dwell upon me. So for the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and I take pleasure in infirmities, insults, hardships, persecutions, perplexities, and distresses. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Then I am truly strong, enabled, powerful in divine strength. How many of you would say amen to that? If you say amen to that, that means you've got to boast in your weaknesses. So listen, here's what the Bible says, the kind of strength we're going to need for this hour. It's not going to come by just going to church. It's going to come by dwelling in his presence every day. But he wants, to, um, he's gonna download. There's gonna be a heavenly download of strength. We're gonna face stuff we never dreamed we would have to face in this hour in America. But I'm telling you, we're gonna be ready. We're gonna be ready. You're gonna be ready. I heard the other night they sang down in Florida that old song, These Are the Days of Elijah. You know, I used to like it, and I still like it. It's not a bad song what comes to me and I've heard others say hey these aren't the days of Elijah anymore these are the days of Rocky these are the days of Lori these are the days of Elaine these are the days of Terina these are the days of Joshua these are the days of David that's in that song too but these are the days hey, hey just shout your name out right now just shout your name these are the days of you You're called into the kingdom for such a time as this. So what kind of strength are we going to need in this hour? First of all, it's his strength. His strength. Remember, we are beset with many weaknesses. Every minister I know is beset with weakness. Every child of God that I know. But it's his strength that we're going to lean on. Psalm uh, 54 verse 1 says, Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your strength. Remember Samson, it wasn't the hair that made him strong. I mean, you know, it was a sign of that, but it was the anointing. And when he lost his hair, it's a sign he lost the anointing. It was the anointing that God gives us to be strong, but it comes from him. And Paul pleaded with the Lord to remove the thorn. But he said, my strength will be made in weakness. So number one, say it's God's strength. So just say, God, I need your strength. Because mine's not going to work in this hour. But you are strong. And because you're strong, I am strong. And then secondly, our strength we, will, we need in this hour will, will come at times of our greatest weaknesses. And this is what we saw in, in 2 Corinthians. And uh, I remember a time in my life. I was living in Waco, Texas. And there was another time. I, you know, when you're single, you go through all kinds of stuff. Some I mean, of you know what I'm talking about, some of you single guys. And I was going through stuff. I wanted a wife, man. I didn't, I didn't have a wife. I was in about 30 years old or so. And, and anyway, the Lord said to me, He said, "Your greatest defeats will turn into your greatest victories. Your greatest weaknesses will be your greatest strengths. And I'm telling you, it's true. God wants to demonstrate that He's faithful to us." And when we are weak, then we are strong. Now look over in Psalm 29. I'm going to show you this. The next, the kind of strength that we're going to need, you're going to need in this hour. Psalm 29. Everybody's still with me? Got a little quiet all of a sudden. You're have, somebody's got to make a little noise. I don't like, this is not underground church yet. You know, we can shout here. Shout while we have the opportunity. I'm telling you, even when they tell me I gotta be quiet, I'm not gonna be quiet. You know the name of the church when we were in West Virginia was called Silent Grove. It was I was determined it was not gonna be Silent Grove, and we tried to change it, but we didn't. Who cared? Who cares what the name was? We didn't want to be known by a name. But anyway, look in Psalm 29. Verse 10 and verse 11. The, now watch this. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. Now the psalmist is looking back, obviously, in the days of Noah. But if in the context, it's any overwhelming destructive force that comes your way. How I many of you know that happens sometimes? Overwhelming destructive forces come our way from time to time. But the Lord sat enthroned at the flood. And the Lord sits as enthroned or as king forever. Say forever. And the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with shalom. We're going to let Rabbi Jonathan Kahn in just a few moments bless you with that shalom. But the word strength in verse 11 is that which is impenetrable. If you look it up in the Hebrew, it means it cannot be penetrated. It means that God builds us up. There's something he's done within us that guards us from the assaults that come outside of us. That he's made us strong to stand in the midst of the storm. You know, there's a lot of floods today. There's a flood of wickedness. I'm telling you. I got a little upset in my flesh when I heard this judge stopped this group from exposing you know, the wickedness going on in Planned Parenthood. How many of you saw that? An Obama-appointed judge said, okay, that's enough. You're not going to expose any more of what Planned Parenthood is all about. But I have a feeling they're not going to get away with it. Listen, do you know who's pulling off the skirts of darkness today? It's not that group that made it known. It's God that made it known. God's shouting, people are thinking about abortion now all over America like they've never thought about it before, or at least in so many years. And all you have to do, did you know Margaret Sanger is the founder of Planned Parenthood? How many of you know about Margaret Sanger? How many of you don't know about her? Did you know that she's the one, she was in eugenics, and that's the same thing Hitler was a part of. Her goal was to create a superhuman race void of any flaws. And in particular, she believed that African Americans had flaws. And so her goal was to wipe out the population, the black population in America. How many of you knew that? Yeah, some of you know, some of you didn't. It sounds a little strange and weird. But listen, there are going to be strange and weird people all over throughout history. Hitler was a little bit strange and weird. That was his goal, eugenics. He wanted to create a superhuman race. Well, I'm telling you, there is a superhuman race on the earth today, and it's the body of Christ. It is a a nation, a called-out people, called in the image, made in the image of God, called to be sons and daughters. All of creation today is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. So when I saw that stuff happening, I said, thank you, God. You're lifting up the skirts of Planned Parenthood. Lord, lift them higher. Don't let a judge tell you you can't do that. Do it anyway, God. And it's going to happen. God's going to shout it. He's going to let it be known. There's a flood of wickedness. There's a flood of perversion, and Jonathan talked about. Flood of lawlessness. Did you see in Baltimore, since the riots, crime has gone just like this? The murder rate has just gone off the charts. And then a flood of deception. But he was king at the flood, and he will be king forever. Forever. Regardless of the floods that come our way, he will be king forever. And then his strength is going to be accompanied with joy. Say joy. You know the scripture. Say it to me. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The folks in the world are going to get awful upset when everything's falling apart and there's a people that are radically filled with joy. And they will not be able to contain it. we got to have that kind of joy. I want that kind of joy. Now, you might be accused of being a little bit, you know, that your elevator doesn't go up or something. I'm telling you. But we got to have that kind of joy. There's all kinds of prophecies about the fall. How many of you know that? The economy, all kinds of things. Listen, we're of a different kingdom. And he said the kingdom of God, the last time I searched or saw, it is peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And uh, God's going to prove it to his people. And then the kind of strength we need is what's gonna enable us to do great exploits. We won't turn there for lack of time, but remember Daniel 11:32. 32. You remember the context. It said those who corrupt or the covenant of wickedness will increase, basically. There'll, there'll be a lot of flattery and a lot of wickedness, increase, lawlessness. But the people that know their God shall be what? Strong. And then because they're strong, they know their God, they're strong then they will do great exploits greater works how many of you are ready for them we've been hearing them all of our lives and our prayer has been God where are they well they're over in Afghanistan they're all over the earth but they are also in the United States and God's gonna prove it one more time that he's not some dead God of a dead religion But he's a living God in the midst of his people. And he's going to prove it one more time. Great exploits. Say, I'm destined for great exploits. It's not some mediocre, listen, life. You've been called to the impossible. All things are possible to them that believe. How many of you believe? Then it's possible. He lives in us. And he wants to get out of us and get out in our neighborhoods and be Who he says he is. Roar like a lion of Judah. Man, I want him to roar in this pulpit. You can whisper and hear the lion of the tribe of Judah. But I'm telling you, he's getting ready. And then his strength removes all fear. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be, what? Afraid. How many of you memorize that scripture? Man, let me tell you. Memorize scripture. Maybe the most important thing I tell you this morning, get the word in your heart. Memorize Psalm 27. Memorize Psalm 1. Memorize Acts chapter 14. You may want to skip verse 21 and verse 22. You don't want to hear that. You know that we enter the kingdom through many tribulations. Well, forget you heard that. It's going to happen anyway. But memorize the scripture. Get it in your heart. And uh, then you'll find that you will not fear. And, uh, you know, it says in Psalm 27, when the wicked came against me or an army may encamp against me, the war may rise against me. My heart shall not fear. And then the last thing is, and uh, this is what we'll talk about in coming weeks, you've got to have on the full armor of God if you're going to make it in this hour. There are darts. There are spears. There's stuff coming we've never faced before. It's reserved for this hour in history. That's why, that's why you were born. That's why you survived. Do you know that, was this true, Joseph, that they tried to abort you three times? Was that you? One time. Yeah. How many of you found out, was anybody else almost aborted? You were... Maybe it was you. Three times. How did you survive? That's absolutely incredible. And I can promise you, you may not know this, but some of you probably, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You mean maybe not, but there might have been some contemplation to aborting you and me. I don't know. I, don't, I know my mom wouldn't have done it. It wasn't that popular back then. We didn't even know. That would have been sin in those days. It's sin in these days, yes. It's still sin. It's just we watered it down. But God's raising the standard in this hour. But I don't know. Something may have happened. How many of you were almost killed in a car wreck? Anybody? I was. Anybody else? Serious stuff. How did you survive? God took care of you. I remember the night I rolled over. I fell asleep, had my cruise on and uh, rolled over, and when you go back there and look how close I was to those trees, you know, I'm thinking, God, how did you save me? But I remember when it finally came to a stop, I heard the Holy Spirit calmly say, get out of the car, <laughs> you know what I mean? get out. Well, it was easy, all the windows were broken. It wasn't very hard, so I just crawled out. But let me tell you, God saved us from stuff we don't even know we've been saved from. And the issue is you've been saved for such a time as this. And uh, this is the time. He's ordained and appointed that you would be on the earth. And it's His will that you be strong. Strong in Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not some things, but I can do all things. Say it. I can do all things. My son and His baseball buddies, there's some that used to write that on their ball cap. I can do all things. I met the starting running back yesterday from Wilkes-Central at our little outreach, just a sophomore. And he said, I I do that now. I put it on my helmet. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We got to get it in our heart. Write it in our caps. Put it wherever. But know that it's there. It's real. But, you know, you have to first make sure you know Jesus. You've got to make sure that you're on the, the winning side. And I want to ask you a question. I'm going to pray in just a moment that God would give strength, that he's going to release a supernatural strength for this hour. Then we're going to let Rabbi Jonathan Kahn in Hebrew bless us at the beginning of this eighth month. Just speak that over you. You just receive it. But you got to know, I want to ask you a question. If this was your last day on the earth, And one day that statement will be true. How many of you know that? It's going to be true. But if this was the last day, where would you spend eternity? Would you spend eternity in heaven or would you spend eternity in hell? See, there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to avoid. How many of you know that? And listen, you can know for sure. Some of you have debated as to whether you're really saved. Some of you watching by the web stream. And you've wondered, am I really saved? Is, am I really going to heaven? Listen, you can know that you know that you're saved. And then others of you, you're not where you used to be. You used to be on fire for God. But something happened. The devil came and poured cold water on you. And you lost the fire. Listen, this is not the day to be lukewarm. You don't want to be lukewarm. It is a very dangerous place to be and so today you're one of, you're saying god set my soul on fire god forgive me have mercy upon me the bible says if you confess and you call on him you will be saved and this is the day of salvation so i want us just to stand for a moment let's just stand and if you're here and you've never met jesus you're not sure that you're saved I want you to come, and we're going to pray for you this morning. We're going to have some folks, some of my prayer team, come on up and join me. The ministry team, hey, uh, you guys, come on up. Dylan, and uh, so I want you guys, if you've never been saved, secondly, if you're doubting your salvation, you say, I want to know, I want to leave here through those doors in a few moments, knowing that I'm right with God. Or maybe there's something's happened. There's maybe sin in your life, or you've been a little lukewarm, and you're saying, today, oh God. Light the fire in me. Come on and let somebody pray with you. And we're going to let God do it. Joseph, find something, maybe skip to three or four or five in that little mix. And let's just worship the Lord and let him touch us today. Listen, this is a special moment, guys. God wants to touch people. Listen, this is the hour of salvation. There's an urgency that's come over me. I'm telling you, we don't know how much time we have respond to him if the holy spirit is drawing you respond when he's drawing because there'll be a day god doesn't always strive with man and there's a time you've got to respond to him when he draws us that's when we turn that's when we can receive so just bow your heads right now and and just worship come forward let people pray with with you just come on you say i want to know jesus i want the fire of god i want to get right i want to leave this place fresh and new in the name of jesus this is your day come don't leave without him don't leave questioning don't leave lukewarm jesus said if you're lukewarm i will vomit you out of my mouth that's exactly what he said i would that you would be hot or cold and so this is the day to get on fire for god in the name of jesus come this is the day my friend come in Jesus name I'm getting ready for that field too guys Bobby told me you build it they'll come I'm prophesying there will be a day in that field where 3,000 people will gather to worship the Lord and there's gonna be a harvest of souls Bob Jones came back from the dead remember that testimony and his bones are buried out here if you didn't know that but God promised him 1 billion souls Now, he didn't see it, but he touched the ministries that are going to have a part of it. We have not because we ask not. This week, I went for it. I asked God that five million souls would be saved as a result of what God does on this property. And I'm telling you, I'm believing it. It may be some, most of it after I'm gone. I don't know about all that. It may be in homes. It may be in small groups. It may be underground. I don't know, but I'm telling you, God's got a big work in this hour. He's got a big work for you in this hour. So one more time, come if you need Jesus. If this is the day, you come, and we're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Receive the fire today. Some of you need the fire. Thank you, God. Hey, that missionary couple from Argentina, come on up, pray with us. Come on up and just offer to pray for people. Can you do that? Just join us. Hey, this is your time. Come. Let somebody pray with you. Don't leave without prayer. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Jesus, come, Lord. Touch people. Draw them. If you're watching on the Internet, you can respond by just uh, going to our website. If you what you're on our website, but send us an email, thegatheringchurchoffice at gmail.com, and, and we'll send you some information on how you can begin your walk with Christ and how you can be on fire for God. And so you, you just email us. You can call us. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Touch people this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, How many of you need strengthened for the hour? How many of you are in a journey? I mean, you're in some kind of trial right now. Is anybody? How many of you are going to be in any kind of trial? (laughs) You know, that's all of us. We, through many tribulations, we enter the kingdom. So just raise your hand. Say, dear God, I belong to you. And I need strength. I need the anointing. For this hour, to live for you and to do your will. Lord, I boast in my weaknesses. But when I am weak, then I am strong. And I boast in the strength of God. In the strength of heaven. Now, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name for your strength. For everything that I've been called to do. For my position in life I receive heaven's strength for this moment on the earth I thank you Lord I am destined for great works big works much works and my fruit will remain for all of eternity in the name of Jesus now Lord I thank you and I release God's strength strength in jesus name upon the people of god lord you told me this week you want your people healed you want your people strong you want your people ready for what's coming and i declare they are ready we are ready lord we're ready in the name of jesus we're ready more than what we know god lord thank you we're going to see the impossible made possible in this hour Lord, you're stretching us so that we'll be a people of faith in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I just say I receive that. I receive that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, you have a word? No. Yes wife reminded me of something one more thing the Lord challenged me this week I spent some time fasting and praying and he said you know you got to give people an opportunity to respond to the call of God on their lives and I I haven't heard much of that in the morning star circle some of you are called to be a pastor some of you are called to be a missionary some of you are called into youth ministry Worship leaders You know there is the five-fold ministry Prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors And what? Teachers If you have a calling And you've yet to surrender to that calling You know there's something God's called you to do He told me this week Give them a chance to say yes to me And I will come to them And fill them and anoint them And they will fulfill what they've been created to do. So I'm just going to be obedient. How many of you say there's a call in my life that's yet to be fulfilled? All right. Then let him, let's just say, Jesus, here I am. I surrender to you.